WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Friday, March 1st. And I would like to wish our contributing analyst, James Patterson, a very happy birthday. It's tomorrow, but happy birthday to you, James, today. Uh, James is taking a well-deserved day off to no doubt celebrate his big day on tomorrow. So again, happy birthday to you, James. Hope you make it a good one. And that's for me and from AJ as well. AJ, I know you're going to wish James a happy birthday. Of course, of course. A very happy birthday to our contributing analyst. Yeah, I I would say I hope he's partying like it's 1999, but I know James (laughs) is probably not quite with that energy, but he, he, I'm sure he and his wife will... Uh, we'll enjoy it. So, again, hopefully you can make it a good one, James. And Indeed. We look, Can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, I can't either. We look forward to talking to you next week. Um, on the show today, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you again to everyone who contributed yesterday during our annual St. Jude Radiothon. And while our part of the Radiothon is over, the opportunity to give to St. Jude remains. And when I say it remains, I mean it remains. We're still going to let you know how... Um, you can give. If you didn't get a chance uh, to hear the show yesterday or get a chance to participate in the Radiothon, uh, the donation line is still open. Um, It's going to be open until Tuesday of next week. So if you would like to become a partner in Hope, the number is 1-800-411-9898. 1-800-411-9898. Again, 1-800-411-9898. Now, you can call that number to become a St. Jude Partner in Hope, and for your contribution of $19 a month, which would make you a partner, uh, you'll receive a This Shirt Saves Lives t-shirt as well as a matching zip-up hoodie from St. Jude. Uh, both are black. Uh, AJ, you got yours yesterday. You know, we, we, we both got ours yesterday. Yeah, I got mine, yeah. and it is already on my girlfriend's back. Oh, you know it. <laughs> okay. Well, I got mine off it. Yeah, it's already on. She, okay, well. She's, she's already she's got already it. She's already got it. I already stole it from yeah. me. Can you believe it? Yeah, well, I kind of <laughs> do. But the, the T-shirts are fantastic. The hoodies are great. Um, I like to wear hoodies because they're comfortable, and I really mm-hmm. like to wear the zip-up style, which this is, uh, because it's easier to work with for a girl, you know, with hairdos and, and all. So, you know, <laughs> you still get to be a little cool, but you zip up and it doesn't get all in your hair and everything. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, it's a great zip-up hoodie uh, that uh, that they give you with the matching St. Jude T-shirt uh, to thank you for uh, your, uh, you know, your continuing contribution of a partner in Hope. So, um, our St. Jude rep, Stephanie Dillon, is still here with us, and she's going to join us a little later in the show to give us updates, information, and more. Again, that's a little later in the show. But I will say, uh, AJ, uh, just talking to Stephanie right before we came on, we are pacing ahead, ahead of this time where we were last year. And last wow. year, yeah, last year we went over um, our, uh, you know, our goals. So it's, it's looking great. And, again, I can't thank uh, our listeners enough for their generosity, their caring, and their heart. Um, right now, 
it is Friday, as we were saying, and state lawmakers are still in session. The Indiana General mm-hmm. Assembly is still in session, although time is running out rather quickly. As you know, every Friday during the session, a member of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus sits in with us to give us an update on what's going on and a heads up about what we most need to know about. We are so fortunate to have that every Friday. Our guest today, this Friday, is Indiana State Representative Robin Shackelford, representing Indiana House District 98 and past president of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. Uh, Representative Shackelford, welcome back. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, We are so excited to have you because there's a whole lot of stuff going on. (laughs) Whole lot of stuff. Well, you know, this morning, I, you know, I, I just want to start with this. Um, and then we can get into some other. But this morning we got an urgent email from the Indianapolis Urban League about a bill that's on the governor's desk uh, for his signature, urging him to veto, urging him to veto. It's Senate Bill 202. Uh, it's the higher education bill, that controversial higher education bill um, that uh, the Senate, I guess, took its final vote on yesterday. Is that correct? Uh, I believe they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, basically, um, the the concern is that they well, here's the language. Here's here's the language that um, uh, that the uh, the Urban League is asking all callers uh, because we got we have the number. They want you to call uh, the governor during regular hours. Um, if there's no place to leave a voicemail message outside of regular outside of business hours. But anyway. Uh, they want pe- people to say something like, as a concerned citizen in Indiana, ask the governor to veto uh, Senate Bill 202. I believe the bill is racist and discriminatory, targeting faculty of color and speech, uh, of color and speech about diversity, fairness, and equity. It will drive faculty and students of color away from Indiana universities and reverse years of increasing diversity on our campuses. I don't want that to be the governor's legacy. Thank you. Um, how fami- Are you familiar with that particular piece of legislation? I am a little familiar with it. We did vote against it uh, over in the House. Uh-huh. You do have Republicans just really trying to hone in. It comes from these conservatives that feel like uh, the universities are being too liberal. Yes. They feel like the universities are focusing too much on DEI. Yes. So they have come to the supermajority and requested them basically to put a put their hands into university faculty um, if they're going to be teaching there, uh, looking at evaluations, wanting to get on the board. So it's just a true overstep of what legislators should be getting involved in. But that's where stemming from. And I would encourage everyone to write to the governor and yeah. tell him to veto it. Yeah, uh, write, write if you can, uh, call if you can. Do you, is there any indication one way or another that the governor is even considering vetoing this bill? I haven't heard anything. I know this is one of those priority issues uh, with the Republicans, um, but I haven't heard him say anything about vetoing it. Yeah, well, the governor, the, the, the number that the Urban League gave us, the phone number for all of those of you out there listening that want to, hey, give the governor's office a call, 317 Please, uh, the, the message here is please call Governor Holcomb during regular business hours. There's no place to leave a voicemail message outside of business hours. A staffer will answer the call and will take your message. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, it's hard to keep up with all of the, the landscape 
that has been flooded with these unnecessary solutions looking for a problem. I, I, I don't get it. I just don't. What is all the, it seems like, what is all the hate about? And and it seems to be coming strictly from the, the Republican wing, uh, like you say, the far right, right wing, that now they want to get into higher education for the most part and, uh, you know, examine tenure of professors. And if the professors are teaching something that trustees don't like, they can fire them. Or, you know, yeah. or they're not encouraging students. That's what college is, is to encourage you to think, is to challenge you to critical, all, all of that in there. It teach you how to learn better, encourage you to think, it, you know, encourage you to think for yourself. And if, if somebody doesn't like what you're teaching or, or they feel like you're, you know, these, these kids shouldn't be able to think on their own, there you go. Your job's it. So that, that, you know, that does have a chilling effect on the ability to attract, you know, top of the line talent to your universities and things of that nature. I totally agree. And I think they started with K through 12, um, wanting to oh, put, yes. a, put their hands in what the students can learn, what they can't learn, didn't want them to learn anything about culture or diversity, and now they're going to higher ed. Yeah. And it's their way to intercede their thoughts and mm-hmm. what they think is right or what they think is history into our education system. Yeah. And now they're going to the higher education level yeah well uh you know what folks if you can call 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 all day and ask the governor not to sign it or ask the governor to veto this and mm-hmm. send it back um my understanding is it has been amended and changed and and massaged uh, <laughs> uh i don't know how many different ways to try to get it through because i guess in, in when it was first presented it was so egregious that it was like i don't think this is going to work but the, you know the the, the mm-hmm. stink it still stinks you know the stink is still on okay. it uh, so, uh, you know, by all means, call the governor's office. Uh, and again, this is from the Urban League, and they're asking for urgent action. The time to act is now. The governor's office, 317-232-4567. So, uh, Representative Shackelford, on the um, on the good, the good news, and we've been talking about this a lot with your colleagues, uh, Senate Bill 52, the blue line, Indigo, looks like it's dead. It looks like the blue line lives. Is that correct? That is. So that is a great win, I will say, for the Democrat Party. Uh, It's a great win for the Marion County legislators. Um, We know that the speaker came out with um, his statement saying that agreement has been reached. I think we're still in the process of getting out exactly what that agreement was. Um, But we're happy about it. It's a great win. Good. So, uh, so tell. So, what do, what do you have for us? I, I didn't mean to just, uh, but I, I wanted to get that out because that did come from the Urban League, and they asked for urgent. As soon as we hit the airwaves, please uh, get this urgent message out. So, um, time is is just, uh, you know, you're just about out of session, right? I mean, it's almost over. We are. We got a couple more weeks. Wow. So, so, so okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm glad you uh, brought those up because I'm like, I'm just here to talk about some of these bills that you guys are excited about or mad about because there are plenty uh, during this short session. Uh, One I do just want to hit on is Senate Bill 1, and that is that reading bill, the education bill, Uh um, where if a child, a student does not pass, I learn in the third grade, then they're going to be held back. 
Oh, the retention. Yes, yes, yes. We talked yes. about that before. Yeah. So that one is a huge one. It did pass. So I think anyone that has <sighs> a student uh, at that level uh, is critical uh, that you get what your school is critical that you're making sure that your student is doing everything that they can and getting all the resources they can. One of the uh, biggest issues that they say the kids uh, are not reaching this reading level is absenteeism. So they say about 20% uh, of the kids that don't pass I read, the majority of them have an absenteeism problem. Now, oh. we've heard, um, I'm out here at Warren Township, and Warren Township has a great program on what they have put in place to help kids with absenteeism that does not include penalizing them and keeping them behind. So we're just trying to make sure that parents understand that there are school systems out there that's doing it right and trying to work with you to make sure uh, your kids aren't absent, mm-hmm. but to also uh, get with legislators and say, okay, we deserve something to address absenteeism uh, in a more proactive, in a more supportive way versus then penalizing our kids and holding them back. Mm. So what what do, you, what do you, what can people do? What do you want them to do? I would say reach out to their schools, reach out to their principals, their teachers. If they do have a student um, that's having issues coming to school. And over at Warren, uh, we actually saw a video where kids were saying, like, what were some of those reasons? Like, they were like, did you know that I had to watch my sister while my mother went to work or had to be called into work, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have any place to sleep last night, so we had to figure out where we're going to sleep at. There was a list of hosts of different issues when you're talking about kids and why they're not coming to school. So what schools have tried to do is try to correct some of those issues, like provide support in some of those issues in order mm-hmm. to get that absenteeism up. So just make sure you reach out to your schools and make sure your kids, for one, are showing up to school. And if there's anything that you can't get them there, that you're reaching out and making sure they get the resources that they need. Yeah. That, that, one's, that one stinks, too, because retention is a very emotional, you know, individual thing right Mm -hmm. i mean you you just you just can't say right across the board this is if they if they miss school they have to be it's just hard i i I don't understand um, the logic behind a lot of it but i guess it's not yeah uh, and this bill it's gonna affect about seven thousand more students will be retained uh they're estimating in total we're going to have about fourteen thousand students across the state retained to third grade so it puts a hardship not only on the families but also the schools and their budgets in having to uh, hold these kids back and teach them another year. Um, but I think it's something that we definitely have to look at when we're talking about literacy and making sure that our kids can read at the level that they need to read at. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the big ones. Now, the other good one, I like to bring good and bad news. Mm-hmm. The other good one that we did pass is Senate Bill 2, and that is in regards to child care. So this is one of those bills. Uh, I'm one of the co-authors. We did a summer study committee last uh, summer about child care, the lack of child care that we have uh, in Indiana, which was huge. There is a huge gap. We have a lot of people staying at home because they can't afford child care. 
And then looking at the child care workers, uh, they're definitely not being paid enough. And there was obstacles in being a child care worker uh, that this bill is trying to help out on. So Senate Bill 2 is one of those great bills. Uh, I didn't think we would be able to get all the recommendations from the committee in one bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Charbonneau was able to get almost every single recommendation that came out of that study committee and get it in Senate Bill 2. And one of the couple of things that you'll see is now uh, we were not, in order to be eligible to get our child care development funds, Indiana had not looked at the household income at 85% because you can go up to 85% of income, and we were at about 65%. So this is going to raise that income eligibility for households to go up to that 85%. And then it's also going to include people that if you are a child care worker, uh, then you will be able to get those funds so your kids can be taken care of in a child care. In addition to CCDF, they will also get the On My Way to Preschool vouchers and be eligible. So those are two great things coming out of that bill among the many things that's in there to help with child care. That is a help because, oh, my goodness, child care costs and, and yeah, I mean, even for child care operators, it's, it's just difficult because so many of them can't stay mm-hmm. in business because – of the almost suffocatingly complex state regulations, which, you know, you can never have too much uh, oversight when someone's caring for your children, but some of those are redundant and, and, you know, they need to be more focused, I guess you could say. Um, And some of the things that this bill also does just to help alleviate, like we have young people working in child care centers, which Mm -hmm. can be a good or a bad thing, but since we can't find a lot of workers, you'll see a lot of young people Uh, helping out. So this will say like if you are 16 or 17 year old that you can work uh, in that child care setting that you always got to be supervised Mm -hmm. and you be left alone with a child. But if you are 18, uh, then you get to uh, be left alone with a child. And so you're actually counted as a staffer. Mm. So those are some of the things that child care operators wanted because they're seeing for one, their workforce is younger and younger. Uh, to help out, but it just helps alleviate some of that red tape and some of the things uh, when it comes to young people helping out with the infants and the kids. And I'm glad you said that. Uh, and and you know what, everyone, every member of the caucus that has sat here uh, on these Fridays uh, during the <laughs> session, no, every every member of the caucus has brought good news. You know, every everyone. <laughs> Uh, And we really, really appreciate that because, you know, we want people to remain encouraged and we want people to remain involved uh, in in the system and remain involved in the process. Uh, Because if if you if you can, you know, it it can all get overwhelming, even if there's a, you know, an even split or a Democratic majority, a lot of it can get overwhelming. So I think it's important. And I really, really appreciate uh, each and every one of you bringing the positive out of there as well. So. That, that's always good for us to know. But I do want to, uh, it looks like um, this has, well, anyway, go, go back and uh, let's, let's go back to the, uh, to the session. Um, so is there anything that looks like it might, other than the, uh, the uh, Senate Bill 52, the, the blue line, which I'm sure was welcome news uh, for everybody that was going to benefit from that line uh, not being delayed or even canceled in a year? Um, what else is there? Is there anything else that maybe we can be semi excited about or or semi hopeful about? 
So one of the other big issues uh, that came out this year that wasn't exactly due to the legislature, but it was due to that billion-dollar shortfall. Well, I'll say it was due to the legislature. Mm-hmm. That billion-dollar shortfall uh, that the Republicans did not see coming for Medicaid. And because of that, one of the first groups that they went after was those parents taking care of their disabled kids mm-hmm. and sent a letter and wanted to cut their program as of July and was basically like, okay, you're not going to be reimbursed or paid for taking care of your dependent child anymore. So it created a hardship because, one, these are kids with severe disabilities uh, that they need someone with them 24-7, and there's a lack of access when it comes across facilities that are available to take care of these kids. So it kind of puts the parents in a bind. So we've been trying to halt FSSA and say, okay, we need to find another way to fill this $1 billion shortfall that you Mm -hmm. guys didn't see. So on Thursday, the Democrats did get more good news because we were able to get some amendments put into a fiscal bill that will at least hold FSSA accountable by making sure that we are making them come to the legislature before they make these kind of decisions and then making them also come and report to us exactly what are those expenses, what are what is it in detail about these parents, um, and submitting that report to us. And then Representative Porter was also able to get passed that not only will FSSA need to do the report, but legislative services will also need to report uh, on this issue to the legislature. So those were another couple of wins that we were able to get on Thursday. Yeah, wow. So uh, you you say that you've got, what, roughly two weeks left, maybe? Roughly two weeks. If we get out early, everyone's saying we're getting out early. I hope we do, because I don't want to see any more damage get done to our state. (laughs) I hope we can get out early. Uh, If not, it'll be two weeks on the 14th. Okay. Speaking of damage to the state, and and I, I, I beat this drum just about all the time, is there anything? that we can point to that is a positive that will somewhat rein in Jim Lucas? Um, hmm. Noah's easy. I mean, huh? I, I just... Well, I, mean, I mean, I have been very vocal uh, within our caucus that something needs to be done, uh, that he needs some public reprimand. Uh, the speaker has said that he has privately spoken to him I don't know what that outcome was or what that discussion was, but that's pretty much all we got. But I think what he did this past time in scaring these students, throwing mm-hmm. his weapon, just took it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And we're busy, uh, me, myself, I'm all about advocacy and busy promoting advocacy. And I want our youth to be up there advocating what I don't want them to be is intimidated or scared by a legislator, especially one that seems so unstable and seems to be spiraling and getting worse and worse. So I will continue. I think we all need to continue to say that we want to see something done uh, because, yeah, I think this was probably one of the most egregious things that he's done. 
And he's done uh, some pretty bad things, you know, especially yeah. with the, the arrest, leaving the scene of an accident, smoking marijuana, uh, being drunk. I mean, all of those things that are contrary to the dignity of the office that you and so many other members uh, of the IBLC and others hold. It's, it's just, it, it makes no sense. And the other thing that makes no sense to me, why they're so, you know, leadership is so slow uh, to do anything is that there is a GOP supermajority. One person isn't going to hurt or, or move the needle, you know, dangerously to the other side. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand the value that, that he apparently has or, or, or offers, uh, which is why they're so slow on the draw there with, with doing anything of any, any significance to, to, to reel, to reel him in. Mm-hmm. I am too. I don't understand the hold that he has. I don't understand. I think they just try to ignore it. They're trying to ignore him and sweep it under the rug. They just, they got so much other stuff to deal with yeah. that they don't want to deal with him. But I think this is something that they definitely need to deal with uh, even more in depth after session. Because I could see the speaker being really consumed by session. But once session is over and things settle, there needs to be a real conversation on his behavior. Well, what? Well, first of all, the, what is the old saying? Ignore it and it'll go away. Uh-uh, no. Ignore it and it gets worse in this case. So what are some of the steps that can be done uh, in terms of sanctions or punishment or, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, well, holding him accountable. What? What is there anything? Maybe there's nothing that can be done, uh, Representative. Is there nothing that can be done well, about it? Well, there's always something that can be done. Um, the speaker can always take him off his committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's chair of any committees. Uh, he can always take him off any summer study committee. Uh, he can move him to the back of the chamber. Uh, there are several things that can be done just to call attention to this and make sure that he knows that we're watching him and we're not going to appreciate this behavior. So we don't have a lot of concessions uh, that we can take away when it comes to a legislator. And this is one reason why we say that our true employer is the voters and they're the ones that's going to have to do the ultimate penalty. But he has so much support among his voters. That's so what's hard. Yeah. Even with all of the bad boy stuff he's done, he's still heavily, he's still strongly popular in his district. Mm-hmm. Well, and so they're still voting them in there. I've read some of the comments there. They're just like, oh, you know, everybody goes through things. We support you. Keep doing great work. <laughs> I mean, he has some real strong, diehard supporters. Yeah. So let, let me yeah, okay. show it up to vote. Yeah. Now, let, I will say that we got a, Demo- a strong Democrat candidate running against him. That's there you top. go. Yeah. 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 And we need everyone in that area, even if you're not in that area, to give her a donation so she can fight and get the votes in that area. What has he done for the people of his district that makes them so loyal to him? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure <laughs> it out. Uh, bills that he's authored, you know, laws that he's gotten passed, uh, causes that he's championed, what? I mean, I know a lot of people in his district are strong NRA members. Oh, well. They okay. And that's been his strong focus so far is just being able to take your weapon into. He's the one that pushed us being able to bring our weapons into the state house. 
in passing that bill. And for people to be able to bring your weapon in church or bring your weapon to your employer. So he has been pushing all that stuff on top of the legalizing marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. well, uh, (laughs) I like that has been his main two advocacy things that he has pushed. And I guess that's what his constituents like. Yeah. Legalize marijuana. So I don't get busted for it. Uh, 317-972-3008. Our guest, uh, Indiana State Representative Robin Shackelford. Uh, she's here as our other members of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus during the legislative session. Um, she's here uh, for their Friday visit with us. And we, again, we surely and certainly uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, Anonymous, go ahead. Do you have a question for the representative? Yes. Well, I had a, a statement that he bragged about Donald Trump endorsing him. So, and it, we're Who? In Who are you talking You talking about Lucas? Yes. Lucas. He, he and a lot of the Republicans brag about Donald Trump endorsing them. If we can't get past that, I don't see who, how he can go anywhere. Yeah, I, uh, I think a lot of his voters are Trump supporters. Yes, so, and they will be very mad if he gets uh, reprimanded or anything. So, to, this, to, well, in, or, in order Indi- to... Indi- Indiana is the Florida of the North. We have the same uh, bills, people banning books <laughs> and trying to fire librarians because they found the Bible in library so that's all i had to say thank you guys for taking my call thank you so where lawlessness is celebrated um i guess that's because that's what trump represent lawlessness um and lucas uh, you know lawlessness and and laissez-faire do as you please so maybe that's that's what's celebrated i don't know um yeah, yeah. and i think yeah like the caller said he's heavily tied to trump And in his area, there are a lot of Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. And their main thing is having, they think they have a constitutional right to carry these firearms everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's their main push is they want their firearms to be protected. Until they get shot by somebody that doesn't have, that that shouldn't be carrying one, then uh, then the the, the narrative changes, I guess. So Uh, So that's why I'm like, what if he approached the wrong kids up mm-hmm. at the state house mm-hmm. and show his firearm and what if they accidentally got in a weapon and then that would have been a total different scenario to yep. play yeah yeah they don't think the other side they just don't think all the way around it uh 317 972 3008 uh roderick yes hi oh oh okay attorney bohannon how are you pretty good i want to ask the representative i know there was a, a movement that tried to take tax off senator planet What's going on with that bill? You said, uh, well, can you repeat that? I couldn't hear you. I understand it was a movement to try to take the tax off feminine products like tampons, et cetera. Oh, so the I tax off of feminine products. You know, yes. like there's no tax okay. on di- baby diapers. There's no tax on that. You know what? I, I think an amendment got attached to a bill for that because I read about that. I don't know if it totally made through. Uh, Robert, I will have to look that back up and see if that amendment or the bill did get passed. Yeah, because I know there were a number of women who were moving or trying to get that take tax. There was no tax, for example, on condoms. There's no tax on Viagra. So they're saying since you don't tax men products, 
why are you taxing the women product that we oh, need? I didn't, I didn't know there was no tax on Viagra or condoms. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so. Yeah. Oh, no. We got to Yeah, that. they call it the pink tax. Yeah. So we've been fighting this pink tax for years. Uh, we've had bills multiple times and amendments. But let me check into that, uh, and I'll get you the inf- I'll get the information to you. And I guess Tina, I guess my question becomes: that becomes an issue. I think that we ask the audience, in particular, our, our women and members of the audience, they need to get involved in that. Yes, in that issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's so many issues we all need to get involved with Attorney Bohannon. That um, uh, you know, just like I said, this this urgent message that came out this morning uh, from the Urban League about university. Uh, you know, a higher education interference with uh, mm-hmm. university professors and interfering with the tenure process and basically putting your their stamp and, and controlling diversity uh, and, and free thought. I mean, it's just, they, they and they're, they're coming out like rapid fire. It's like they're, they're trying to get as many in mm-hmm. as they possibly can. Yep. Okay, well, I'll, I'll let you talk to other audience. Thank you. All righty, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, that pink tax, that was big last year, during last year's session, I do remember. I seem to recall. But he he makes a good point. I hadn't heard anything about it this year. Yeah, they have a lot of women groups that's pushing that, uh, that's been working on it for years. And oh. sometimes they take a little leeway and then get pushed back. So I'll have to check and see exactly uh, where that is. And I'll send it to him. Yeah. Um, somewhat related, um, uh, uh, you know, issue is that the state uh, Democratic Party uh, has found their candidate that they are going to endorse for governor. Um, Dr. Jennifer McCormick is going to be uh, endorsed by the uh, Democratic Party State Central Committee. Any comment or thoughts on that? Um. So right now, uh, Jennifer McCormick is the only still the Democrat candidate that's out there. Mm-hmm. There were some challenges on Tuesday uh, that knocked out another candidate that was trying to run for governor. Mm-hmm. So I will say I know some people may have hesitation because she was a Republican. There you go. But when she was a Republican, um, she constantly was speaking against Republican leadership. Okay. And we're treating education and training our kids. So, I mean, I think she'll be a great candidate. I think her heart is in the right place when it comes to education mm-hmm. uh, and how we view education should be. She worked very closely uh, with Senator Eddie Melton on a lot of education issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even traveled around the state together when he was going to run for governor. Um, so she was already supporting a Democrat candidate then. So I think the only issue is people will have an issue with the history of her being a Republican. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a challenge. I think also raising money is going to be a challenge. Uh, being a female candidate is never easy, uh, and that raising money component is huge. But we'll have to see. Uh, I'm glad the Democrat Party came out and endorsed her and supported her. Yeah. Um, just got a text message uh, from Pastor Tracy Streeter. Uh, and he says, can you ask her about House Bill 1284, a bill allowing financial institutions to change contract terms on customers without explicit uh, acceptance, narrowly passed the Senate Tuesday, 28 to 21 vote, now moves a step closer to the governor's desk. Yeah, so I know that was one of the bills that I voted against. Okay. Uh, and let me see, I think it did pass um, 
the House on Thursday, 66 to 20. But it is one of those bills that when you're talking about consumers and you're talking about financial institutions, uh, being able to make changes by just sending you, say, an email that you may not respond to or you may not agree to, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what this bill was. And I don't think we ever want to put a financial institution in a position that gives them that power to now change how your account is structured or set up without your okay. Without your okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, here we go. The march toward uh, whatever it is they're marching toward. I don't know. That's ama- yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, thank you for that uh, that question, um, uh, Pastor Streeter. So you say it, it it's looking good or better, I guess. I don't know. It's about to head to the governor's desk. About to head to the governor's desk, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because we concurred and passed it on Thursday. Well, I want to circle back to the candidate question because you you had a very good run uh, for mayor uh, in the Democratic primary. Uh, No, really, it was was good. You had a good run. Um, And just wondering um, what's next. Are you going to run again? Uh, Maybe different office, run for mayor again? I know the mayor has said he will not run again after this uh this last term this is going to be his final term um any thoughts to that so far or are you still you know kind of so, not so thinking far, about I'm it happy. yeah so far i'm not thinking about it i'm burnt out <laughs> okay <laughs> when it comes to like marion county um campaigning and citywide campaigning i am in a campaign right now as state rep so far i'm good uh being a state legislator and campaigning again uh, to secure my seat. I don't Mm -hmm. have anyone running up against me uh, in the primary. Mm -hmm. One of the new things that I will take on, because when I was running for mayor, I just saw the need that we got to get the people more involved. Mm -hmm. We got to get the people trained and more involved in advocacy and civic engagement. So what I will be doing is taking over the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus Foundation Mm -hmm. and with that foundation, uh, I will be bringing my grant money that I got from the Highland Project, uh, which is a national uh, black women's project trying to build wealth within a black community. Uh, I got a grant for $100,000, and I will create a civic engagement program underneath our foundation. Oh, wonderful. Uh, it, wonderful. Yeah. In addition to we will be giving out education scholarships which is what the foundation was originally uh, put in place for. And so our foundation has been just mainly uh, maintaining, uh, keeping status with our operations. Mm-hmm. But now I will start implementing some of those programs and people bring people on board uh, to fully uh, bring it to where it needs to be. Yeah. Well, so congratulations. Right. Congratulations. So um, that, that's very, uh, very diplomatic way of saying, I'm not going to tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've always tried to get somebody. But, uh, but was there anything that you enjoyed about there? I know you said you were, you know, t- which makes sense, because I my understanding is that running a campaign is beyond exhausting. Uh, but, you know, yeah. now that you're somewhat rested up, was there anything you enjoyed and anything that would make you think, you know, maybe I'll try it again at a later date? You know what? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now it was it was more challenging because I was doing it while I was in session. Ah, so yeah. During a budget year, and that made it even just more hectic. But I thoroughly enjoyed getting to know like other mm-hmm. neighborhoods, getting to relearn my city, hearing the issues, listening to people, and being their voice. 
I just mm-hmm. got to hear just so many people that were being ignored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that minorities were being ignored, uh, that we were especially being ignored on the east side and the far east side of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. But what I did not know is there was neighborhoods on the south side in Brawl Ripple. There were all these little pockets of neighborhoods that felt like they had no voice at the local level. Mm-hmm. Nobody had came to see them, check on them. They had problems. So that was interesting. I really enjoyed uh, being able to hear those concerns and being a voice for those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that will get me back out there, if I feel like um, that people are still being ignored and they don't have that voice and whoever is the candidate uh, is not listening to those people, because for me it's all about the people in the community, then that would be something that gets me back out there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, I, I kind of sense that maybe we'll see you out there again at some point in time. I, I, I don't know. It's just a feeling I have, but we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, but I really, really think that, um, voter engagement and citizen participation, uh, is a huge crisis that we're facing, um, you know, and I, while I know it exists in the the African American and, and and minority communities, I think it's American problem all the way around. So mm-hmm. any any effort, any campaign, any initiative uh, to start to to chip away at that, I think is so 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 much needed. And and thank you for doing that. Where where would you start? Where would you start? Or where do you plan to start to? So that's what I've been this. trying to like think of like this whole like six or seven months since I've had this money and mm-hmm. I haven't utilized it yet because I'm trying to conceptualize like how do I start out small but be able to bring this like to a macro stage. And what I've landed on and what I'm considering is starting out with nonprofits, starting out with some of those organizations that are already doing some of this work. Mm-hmm. but I can take it to another level and fully educate them and do a train the trainer. And then they can train the people under them and the people that they work with. And that also includes the faith-based community. So if I can at least start there and get them trained and then do a train the trainer type thing and expand it out. Mm. Yeah. That's that, fun. uh, well, one each one teach one. Yeah, you know, like you say, expand the trainer. That's wow. Uh, I I just I I just wish we we had. Uh, I I wish there was some kind of uh, magic button we could push to where people didn't feel disenfranchised to the point of no action whatsoever. So disenfranchised to where they feel like is is you know I don't I don't need to do anything because when you're feeling that way is when you need to do something the most. But getting that yeah. point across is really really difficult. Because people feel defeated. Yeah, and I think another thing is people feel overwhelmed. There you go. This is very complicated. But if we can simplify it and create an app, if we can make it easy as them going on YouTube and push something, it's like we have to simplify this process and we have to simplify advocacy to where the average person can be like, okay, I get that in two minutes or less. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push this button that sends out an automatic email. So we got to create that simplicity. And at the same time, we got to merge the gap. We got to fill the gap of why you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it important? Like, how is government in 
entangled in your life. Because yeah. I think that's the piece that's missing. People don't know how much control government actually has over you and within your work, your play, anything. And then once we can, like, really they can see the why, mm-hmm. then get them to do that action and try to make it as simple as possible. Yeah, because the, the, the flip of that is you have no idea how much control you have over what your government does. Uh, but you just have to do, you know, organize yourself and put yourself in a, in a number uh, that, that can move the needle. You have no idea how much you have control over that as well, uh, which, yeah. That, yeah, getting people to recognize their own power. And, and AJ, our, our ace technical producer here, uh, we, we pick on AJ a little bit because he's younger, you know, <laughs> he's a little younger. But uh, he's a millennial, and AJ, um, you know, what the representative was saying uh, is is so true. Where would you, you know, being a millennial, give her some, give her a clue, or do you have any ideas of where a good place to start might be? Um, you know, I'm not sure, to be honest. It's mm-hmm. it's a tough one to, for me to call because mm-hmm. I've always been immersed. I've always been there, so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a little bit different for me to try to make that call. Uh, I've always said, you know, try to meet in the middle, but I don't know where that starts. So, Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that we hear on the program a lot is, I don't even know who this person is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what mm-hmm. they stand for. I don't know, you know, I don't know the judges, and there, there are people on the ballot. How am I supposed to know? I'm supposed to pick so many. I don't even, I don't know anything about that, and I need more information given to me mm-hmm. before um, I vote. Now, some of that is you you need to, to, to find it and make your, you know, to educate yourself. But um, some of it is is fair in that I'm not sure that a lot of the politicians get out there and make themselves known in ways uh, that are as impactful as they could be mm-hmm. uh, to the community. And, now, and we've mm-hmm. talked about the, yeah. like the apps that she's mentioned, like putting in a little bit more mm-hmm. accessibility in, in the terms of 2024 mm-hmm. and uh, in a techno- technological realm, putting it a little bit yeah. more in your yeah. face. But again, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. We, we have those ideas and somebody even called in and had mentioned an app and I downloaded it and it didn't work. Mm. And, you know, so it's little things like that where you, it may seem like we have those resources, but they're mm-hmm. not actually not doing actually. the things that we need them to do, nor do we know about them. So it's, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to say where do you start because it seems like we've already started, but it's stalled. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I when I talk to when I listen to younger people, uh, millennials and even younger, a lot of them, they do want it more technological, they, technology based. So they want a podcast. They want something that that they can look at on their own time, listen to on their own time, that's an issue that they're interested about. Uh, They were like, a lot of these issues we may not care about, but there are certain issues that they're very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And if we can do some TikTok or these podcasts or a YouTube Mm -hmm. channel, where they can go to and just hear things. And we do got to make it a little bit more interesting. The stuff that we're talking about is very dry. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about policy and the process, but we can make it a little bit more entertaining mm-hmm. and make it a little bit more intriguing. Another thing is um, young leaders, they want a path to be able to be in leadership uh, in these positions in government. So I think we need to, um, if we're training them, then we're also creating a path. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people that have just jumped out here, want to run, may not have any experience, no relationship to anyone in politics, or no relationship to the community. 
And that's where the big rub comes in because you got to be able to get the community support. So being able uh, to actually sit down with young people, uh, have them shadow whatever position that they're interested in, shadow a congressperson, Mm -hmm. shadow a state legislator, uh, being able to see how things actually work and invite them into the fold and invite other groups into the fold uh, and let them learn. When I was on the campaign trail, I heard a lot of this from the Latino community. Mm. They're like, Robin, we've never been invited to a lot of these meetings. We haven't been invited uh, to a lot of these decision-making sessions Mm -hmm. that we would just love an invitation to sit at the table and be able to listen and to give our uh, opinions. So I think that's what we need to start really doing a lot more of is just inviting people to the table. Yeah. yeah. Well, keep us posted on how that goes because uh, we, we'd certainly love to help you out with that and, you know, get the word out more and more about it. So, you know, just keep us posted. That, that's a great idea. Uh, and you, you got a little money in your pocket, which is uh, even you, you got a head start. A lot of folks that try to, to get going with these initiatives, uh, they're doing it from the ground up. At least you've got a good head start. So that that grant is going to come in. I'm sure you're going to do well with it. So uh, like I was saying, keep us uh, please keep us posted. Um, anything that we missed that you want to share before we have to let you go? So one thing that I want to just put out there that I'm working on, I had two mm-hmm. bills to create some task force, two big issues that okay. I think we need to be working on. One is making sure that if you are going before eviction court that you have counsel. Mm-hmm. So I try to create a right to counsel task force so we can look at how much it will cost. What does that look like? They're doing it in other states. I will be submitting a summer study request. Uh, So any advocacy, any letters in support of that would be great. And then the other task force was looking at chronic obesity. Um, Obesity is a huge problem in our community, especially the African-American community. And it just exasperates any other health issue that you have. So it is that underlining, whether it's type 2 diabetes, whether it's maternal health, we've seen that a lot of people are starting out at obese. And then when you add in something else, it just makes it even greater. So those are two things that I will be requesting to see if we can study uh, on how do we start addressing those issues. Yeah, the word that you put in front of obesity, chronic, I've not heard that, I don't think. Chronic obesity, which would, in, you know, which would imply that it's a lifelong thing. You know, well, I guess it would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is you're holding on to that obesity, um, and especially when you're talking about people with type 2 diabetes. That's mm. all based on that weight um, and that sugar processing, but it's all looking at, yeah, that obesity. And looking at, like, okay, how can we address this in a holistic, whether it's going to be with drugs, whether it's going to be with mental health, whether it's going to be diet and exercise. Because as a state, we really have not been addressing that on a preventive side and mm. looking at it and how can we um, really dive into it and start bringing up initiatives to address it. Yeah. And food is, uh, I, it was explained to me that food is especially difficult um, because unlike some other conditions uh, where you overdo, uh, you, you don't need cigarettes to live you don't need uh you know a pint of vodka to live but you need food you have to eat uh so Mm -hmm. you have to change your entire orientation to it your entire approach to it 
um, to be able to, you know, balance that, those scales to where, you know, enjoying the food, uh, eating a healthy amount and not, um, you know, not abusing or going over to where you're, you're morbidly or chronically uh, obese. So that's and, that, that's a big one. And yeah. still tying in the access to healthy food. Oh, so yeah. that's There you go. Yeah. A food desert. We're still one of the biggest food deserts mm. uh, in the U.S. So if people don't have access to healthy food, uh, that's the one of the main reasons uh, where you're seeing this obesity. And a one dollar banana at a gas station isn't going to get it, you know. Uh, no, <laughs> not go and get a dollar double cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go to the dollar menu, and you have a lot of families that are eating off the dollar. I'm call it dollar plus menu. Now. Yeah, dollar dollar plus. You buy one, get one for a dollar, and all. Yeah, yeah a lot of them. Are. So, yeah, but a lot of, you know what, though? There's always work to do, and thank you for being out there doing it. And, and you know, hopefully we can get everyone engaged to, to work with you as well, um, as many folks engaged as possible. So thank you for being with us again today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All righty. Well, good luck with the rest of the remaining couple of weeks. And if anything comes up, let us know. We'll help you out. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, so AJ, uh, yeah, uh, the, the Black Legislative Caucus has been an absolute, boy, they've, they've been absolutely priceless, I guess, you know, yeah. the, the word, I, I just couldn't find the right word, but it, it's just been such a, you know, such an advantage to have one of them in here every Friday. It really is. It is. It's great to have them come through and give the information that they're mm-hmm. giving, taking time out of the, a very busy, very yeah. busy schedule, but we we do need this information. We need this information given to us in a in a more consumable manner, yeah. and they do a great job of breaking it down. Well, it's their day off. I don't know about you, but I don't like to go to work on my day off. Uh, and yeah, no, so, no, but these are these folks are dedicated public servants, and on their day off, they will come to work for you know for however long that they have to to spend with us. And we you know we can't thank them enough. But. Mm. Uh, yeah, do um, you say you don't like to come to work on your no, day off either? Definitely not my favorite. Not my favorite. <laughs> nah, 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 not a favorite at all. You never seem to get that. It's kind of like missing sleep. You know, you never seem to get yeah, you make can't it catch up. It up. No, you can't catch no it up. Lane, so. No making it up. You just got to be tired. Nope, nope, nope. Just got to be tired. So, um, got a lot more coming up. Uh, last night, um, we were at the Idle Jorg Museum, uh, where we celebrated and said thank you to our uh, Black History Month. Honorees, our Melon and Magic uh, 2024 Honorees Black History Month. So, um, coming up and in, in, in whenever he bounces in, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't I don't mean to give Dion a hard time. I really don't. But uh, our, our our regional VP and GM Dion Levingston is going to come in and, and we're going to have a recap of that. Very nice ceremony last night. I uh, had the opportunity to uh, to MC. Uh, and introduce some of the folks. And I tell you what, it was a phenomenal uh, group uh, that, you know, I don't think they could have chosen a better group uh, of folks. So we're going to go down that list. Going to go back to St. Jude as well. So a whole lot more coming up. Plus open lines. Open lines. We'll do that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll be right back right after this. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. 
And we're back with Community Connection. I was looking for my glasses. I couldn't. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> it is. It's terrible. I uh, I used to laugh at people that, oh, you don't need glasses. What? Yes, I do. I need them so that I can see. Hey, at the, at the top of the show, uh, we were talking about how our St. Jude uh, Radiothon yesterday went so very well. And, and again, we wanted to thank you. But uh, the good news is that if you want to become a partner in Hope, you can still do so. Uh, now through Tuesday, that phone line uh, is going to be open. Um, and if you become a partner in Hope with us, you get the matching T-shirt and zip-up hoodie that I have uh, described uh, quite uh, in detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the zip-up hoodie a little bit better than the pullover yeah. for you know for your hair. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but but back with us today is our St. Jude representative Stephanie Dillon and Stephanie. I know you were really going crazy yesterday. <laughs> uh, probably we're still going strong with one of our sister yes. stations today. So, uh, what's the what's the latest? How are we doing? Doing here? really good. Doing yeah. really good. A lot of uh, listeners are calling in and supporting St. Jude, and uh, you know, even leaving comments about why they're supporting St. Jude, whether it's for their grandkids or somebody mm-hmm. that they know, or mm-hmm. in honor or memory of somebody. So it's great. Yeah. So the majority of, of uh, donors don't necessarily have a personal connection to St. Jude. No, not necessarily. I think um, when you're talking about childhood cancer, that is something that can resonate even if you have not yet experienced it. Yeah. You know, we all have friends, kids, and nieces, and nephews, mm-hmm. and our own children, and grandchildren. And so we can put ourselves in the shoes of those parents that are going to have to go to Memphis. Yeah. Well, we uh, I understand from um, uh, Karen Vaughn, our operations manager, that we'll have a little bit better idea of the final number by Tuesday or yes. what have you. By Tuesday morning. The phones mm-hmm. are still ringing, are still alive until mm-hmm. Monday night, Tuesday morning. So yeah. um, folks can still call in through the weekend. So while we don't have an exact number, but how, how are we pacing right now compared to this time of the you know of the campaign last year this um, point in the campaign both of the stations all of the stations actually are trending ahead of last year you've had more support this year than you did even last year so that's wow. great. really yeah so how about getting some more support yeah huh? yeah let's get some more support keep it going. let's keep it going indeed so if you would like to become a monthly donor 19 dollars a month aj figured it out 63 cents 63 a day. cents a day 63 cents a day and, and and you know stephanie we were talking um and we were trying to figure out what you could buy for 63 cents. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, 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 some what, taxes, maybe? Some ta- yeah. <laughs> A state representative, we were talking about healthy food and food access and food deserts. And I'm like, even the bananas in a drug in, in, a, in a, a service station that, uh, you know, pretends to have healthy food. Yes. Even those are a dollar. Yes. Or I think the cheapest I've ever seen those has been like 69 or 75, between mm-hmm. 69 and 70. But for 63 cents, you can't buy a bag of M&Ms. Nope. If you want a piece of candy. You're not buying a Coke. Can't buy a Coke. Can't buy a bag of chips. Mm-mm. Can't buy anything. But you can buy hopes for some families. But you can buy hope for some families. And um, it's 63 cents a day. It's it's less than a dollar a day. Uh, and it is just an amazing opportunity. So if you would like to help, if you would like to help and become a partner in Hope, it's $19 a month, $19 a month. And um, the Partners in Hope uh, will be getting a St. Jude hoodie, a zip-up hoodie, and a, a matching T-shirt. They're both black. Uh, they're both cool. I, I've got mine on now. I've got both of mine on right now. And... Um, I like my, you know, some people like, I like mine big and yeah. comfy and, and, you know, 
And AJ lost his, but you know he'll uh, he'll get it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. It's yeah. it's it's over there on yeah. on Michelle's back, and I'm I'm I don't think I'm gonna see it again, except for maybe in her closet. <laughs> <laughs> Women like zip up hoodies. I I mean we just do. I mean there's a lot of men that like my. I mm-hmm. think my son prefers zip. He likes. Oh them yeah. Yeah, so what 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 led to that this year? The zip ups, yeah, uh, just because they are so popular, oh, and really? so um, some of our markets are able to give them away, and some of them aren't. So this is more exclusive because not all the radiothons oh. across the country are able to give them away. Oh, really? Yeah. So some markets can do it, and some can't. Some can, and some can't. Yep. And Indianapolis is one that gets to. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, how do we rate? I tell you <laughs> what, if you want to get one of these, if you, if you want to be a partner in Hope and help these children and their families. Uh, please do so. Call 1-800-411-9898. 1-800-411-9898. 1-800-411-9898. Indianapolis, you have been more than generous. We are pacing ahead of where we were this time last year. Uh, let's keep it going because you can never, ever, as far as I'm concerned, you can't give too much uh, mm-hmm. to a cause like St. Jude because they do so much. Uh, and, you know, as we were saying, who, whose family in some way, shape, or form hasn't been impacted by just cancer in general. But yeah. when it hits a child, I mean, it just hits a certain place oh, within you. Oh, it's just you. different, yeah. Yeah, it just hits a certain place within your, your spirit and what have you, and you just want to help them as, as best you can. And I can't imagine how the parents feel because, you know, when as a parent, if they if they fall or something, you you, you can go put a Band-Aid on it and you can fix it and you can help it. But oh, I have a little boy at home with a sore throat and a fever, and I'm like, mm-hmm. can I take the sore throat for you? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and you know what? You would do it in a minute. We would Absolutely. all do it in a, yeah. in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, and, and we've heard parents on some of these testimonials say, I would take it 10 times over to keep my child from having it, but I can't. No. Uh, and so I, you know, they, 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 they're, the, the families are just so appreciative of what you do when you become a partner in hope and, and pledge uh, to help with St. Jude. And some of the stories you were saying, uh, Stephanie, people were called, they weren't just giving money, they were sharing uh, yeah. you know, some, some of the things that they were sharing with you. Yeah, absolutely. We hear a lot about, you know, family members that they are grateful for. Um, we have a lot of grandparents that call in in honor mm. of their healthy grandkids. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people, whether you've lost a child or not, everyone's lost somebody. And oh, so yeah. they can resonate with that. So they give them that person's memory. Um, you know, and oftentimes we um, get to hear local patient families that maybe aren't St. Jude families, but are also going through their own mm-hmm. cancer battles with their kiddos. And so they're giving to help make sure research keeps going because they know how bad it feels. So St. Jude patients that are here in Indianapolis or St. Jude families, is there any way to know about how many we have? So roughly? I can tell you there's currently 60, well, now 65. It was 62, 65 in treatment at St. Jude right now. Um, there's another 189 that we know of that are still being monitored and mm-hmm. going through either scans every three months or every year, depending on how far into remission they are. And then there's hundreds outside of that that I've left St. Jude in either the capacity of that their child is fully in remission and healthy mm-hmm. or they lost their child. So that's here in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Wow. You know, a lot. And a lot of people have no idea that Indian that there are St. Jude patients here in India. Now, are they entitled to the same patient of St. Jude for life and, oh, yes, and everything? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you're a St. Jude patient, you're a St. Jude patient for life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Uh, and, no, and, and again, entitled to the same no. Uh, just because they're not on that campus, it doesn't mean that the, the model doesn't change. Oh, no, does they it? don't pay for anything. If they have to come to Memphis, we fly them out there. We take care of everything once they get there. Wow, wow. Uh, well, Memphis. And then at the hospital, I asked you this yesterday, uh, the hospital in Memphis, um, 
as hospitals sometimes do, uh, when a child has to be flown there for an emergency, what if they're at capacity or what if, you know, does, does St. Jude, they never turn anybody away, do no. they? Or how do they handle that if they, for whatever reason, get at capacity and can't accommodate all the kids? So they don't turn anyone away. If, if at any point in time all of our beds were full, they would go to one of our sister hospitals just down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but St. Jude really focuses on doing as much outpatient care as they possibly can. It's mm-hmm. why we have housing for all of our families that are going to be going through outpatient care so that they can come into the hospital, get all of their treatments, but then go home to where they're staying. We don't, unless they're extremely sick or unable to leave the hospital, we don't keep them in the hospital Mm -hmm. um, because we want them just to be able to have, be kids and like, oh, in a room and watch TV or have their stuffies and do all of that stuff. So they may not necessarily, they, they may be in Memphis. Yes. For monitoring and for treatment, but they may not necessarily need to be at the hospital in Memphis. So. Uh, is okay that's that's good outpatient wow but and, and those that can do outpatient care outside of memphis that is preferred as well yes absolutely yeah. we don't bring children in memphis if their care treatment is happening and going well in their local area mm-hmm. um, they come there when they are not doing well um, and it's because we really know like whenever we're sick right we want to be around the people that love us we want to be able to still talk to our friends mm-hmm. um, and so if we can keep them close by to everybody we will yeah yeah the cafeteria you still mm. <laughs> how's that <laughs> what was that called the k k cafe k cafe k k cafe um you just you told a very uh very interesting story a couple of years ago uh but it bears re- i i just like to hear it again about pepper yes yeah can yeah you share? so there's well, actually this is, this is an example of how fine the detail is in terms of the treatment of these children it gets down to pepper y'all it gets down to pepper it gets down to pepper so in in pepper and in most foods right there's some sort of bacteria or listeria or something like that and a normal healthy body can process it and it's no big deal Um, if you're immunocompromised that's not the same case and so that um that bacteria when you sneeze because you took in too much pepper it's that Um, and Mm. so at saint Mm. jude when you open the pepper packet you actually have to scrape it off so that that bacteria is not present anymore and it can't be inhaled by anyone that is going through cancer treatment. So it's not like a normal pepper packet where you open it up and you just dump it out. You actually have to scrape the pepper off the paper to make sure that it does not get inhaled or anything. So there's no pepper shakers? No, there are no pepper shakers. Leave the pepper alone. I mean, I I don't want pepper if I gotta, you know, but but for those, I I just thought that was fascinating. I know, who would have thought? When you hear stuff like that, like, even I found out the last time I was there that um, you'll not ever see like a maintenance man in the halls changing a light bulb or cleaning vents or anything like that. And it's because the hospital built um, walkways in all of the ceilings. So the maintenance men go up there. So they're never in the way of any of our patients that are trying to get through the hallways. What about maintenance folks that, you know, like at certain shifts uh, that come out and clean and the chemicals that they clean with? How do they, they don't they the chemicals that they clean with are specifically ordered and purchased to make sure that they don't interfere with any of the children wow and they, and, and same with our paint like if you go into the hospital all of the walls are painted with very special paint to make sure that there's no fumes and chemicals that can hurt the children wow so there there must be a certain time too a yes. certain time that they they yeah. do that probably when the kid wow it's it's amazing it is i, I mean does it still i it boggles my mind just to think about everything that's, that's down there and you're there how many times a year about you're, seven times a year um, oh, wow. And I've worked here for almost eight years, and every time I go, I still learn something completely new that they're doing for our mm-hmm. families. Um, and it just amazes me. I remember the first time I went down there, you know, my we had like a pipe 
bursting at home and my kids were arguing and my husband was texting me and I'm like going by all these kiddos that are in red wagons and wires and I'm like I don't care about any of that stuff my kids <laughs> yeah. are not here <laughs> yeah yeah so that, that that can be navigated 317 excuse me 1-800-317 we'll get to that later 1-800-411-9898 1-800-411-9898 again 1-800-411-9898 uh, the campaign continues. The radiothon, you know, ended yesterday, but the campaign to raise funds and to uh, get even more partners in hope for St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital and Research Center in Memphis, Tennessee, that continues. And that is the number uh, for you to call to become a partner of hope. $19 a month is all it takes. $19 a month. AJ, what did you say it was a day? 63 cents. And don't forget, you can also text the phrase WTLC mm-hmm. to 626262 mm-hmm. to yes. get the link and do this online as well. Yeah, yeah. So the texting too. Yeah. That's, that's big. Yeah, it's actually, you know, because not everyone wants to pick up their phone and make a call when mm-hmm. they're driving. And so um, you can, when you get to a stoplight, you can text that and the link will be there when you get to where your destination is. So it's W, text the the, the word, the letters WTLC to 626262. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Just text. And will, is, will that get you a partner, partnership in Hope? Yep, it'll send you a link and then you'll just fill out your information from there. So the text, thank you. See, AJ is younger. He, he's, 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 he's a millennial. <laughs> and he thinks of these things that are even more convenient because I'm thinking of the telephone. I, I probably, you know, the rotary phone, I remember. <laughs> I remember my grandmother using that. My kids didn't know what a phone booth was. Nope. And they're, you know. No, that's crazy. They, well, Nobody how are they going to know? What a phone booth is. How, how are they going to? They do not, they did oh, not know what man. a phone booth is. They should know what a phone booth is. How? I know what a phone booth is. They're like two years younger than me. How they well maybe I didn't raise them right or something <laughs> I don't know I don't know but they ask me they ask me, what is that now they they've seen pay phones mm-hmm. they know what a pay phone is mm-hmm. but not seen the actual the actual itself. with the you know when you open the door swing open mm-hmm. and all that stuff maybe that, it's a big city thing it might be I, I I showed them too I said well the old Superman they're like what's that yeah. Uh, it's in black oh, and gosh. white. Oh my gosh! I told my boys that when I was kids, we didn't have remote controls for our TV, uh-huh, and they uh-huh. were like, "Well, what did you do?" And I'm like, "I got up and changed the channel <laughs> every time my parents wanted the channel changed." Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the heaviest knob in history. Yeah, you had to have L <laughs> yeah. to turn the knob. Yeah. Well, don't don't even get too far into the weeds because I'm talking pliers sometimes <laughs> on top on top well, of the the, 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 knob the bad came off, TV. You need the pliers. Yeah, yeah when the knob see, came, I'm, the I'm plastic younger, would break. Yes, it would. But I'm young in an older family oh okay so, okay i had a lot of things that everybody's used to and accustomed to i grew up around 70s and 80s babies okay yes. how about yes. this okay i remember this my grandparents when i was little we're going way back used to send me out and have me turn the pole yep you remember that, you heard about that's that yep. for me yep. yeah. that's turn the antenna go out to <laughs> get a better reception big, yep. get better reception or put takes get some of that Reynolds wrap over there Tina. get some, give me yeah. some Reynolds wrap mm-hmm. and right put that on top. on top of the TV yep. yeah so everything but yeah I, I watch my grandson now and when he wants the TV on he well where's the remote Nana and I'm mm-hmm. like there's a button. There's on a TV. button over here. <laughs> but in his, he will. He is so oriented. He will never know. I get. We're going to teach him, of course. But right now, in his three-year-old mm-hmm. mind, it that's how you turn on the TV. But they're also better with iPads and some technology than some of the rest of us are. Oh, yeah. He knows how to swipe left. He knows how to look for pictures. He knows how to push the arrow to make a video play. He knows mm-hmm. too much for my good. Yeah. <laughs> Way too much. They are. They're much better. Much better. But we want all kids to enjoy. 
uh, these simple pleasures mm-hmm. and to be able yep. to share uh, the memories that AJ and Stephanie and I are sharing. We want all kids to have that opportunity, and they should. Uh, and they can, with your help, if you would become a partner in hope today, right now, right now. I'm going to start with AJ. Text, if you will. Mm-hmm. Text, you can text. Text the letters WTLC, WTLC, to the number 626262. Text the numbers WTLC to the text the letters WTLC to the number letters and numbers text WTLC to 626262 okay here comes the third time text WTLC to 626262 to become a partner in hope or you can pick up that old-fashioned heavy old black (laughs) telephone and call 800-411-9898 you can call 800-411-9898 again, 800-411-9898. Stephanie, AJ, um, I, I think we're going to make it. We, we've got a goal. We'll tell you what mm-hmm. it is later on. But we got a goal, and mm-hmm. if we're ahead, we got to stay ahead because yes. uh, we love turning over that check yes, uh, to St. Jude every year uh, and can't wait to get back and start working on another one. It's, it's one of the favorite. AJ, tell Stephanie what you were telling me about how he, he after the show ended, he said, Tina, well, I, I'm sorry, I told you to tell him, then I'm telling him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was just saying the the energy that's been going around the building to that the yesterday was immaculate. I haven't mm-hmm. felt anything like that. Seeing mm-hmm. the, hearing the stories yeah. and being in here and watching how it flowed from Tony Lamar all the way through the yeah. team, yeah. I was in here and it was amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Radiothons are some of the favorite things I get to do because you are around that energy all the time. Yeah. You're around folks like you that are committing a lot of hours and a lot of time just to this mission. And everybody wants to see those numbers raise and everybody mm-hmm. wants to be able to send that check. And there's some of the they're tiring. Sure. But, you know, there's some of my best. Mm-hmm. It's just events. very rewarding to be yeah. a part of something so moving. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very rewarding. Yeah. And so good. Something that's so good. We, we you know, the, the good, the good, the good It's just all good. How many things are just all the time? All good. All the time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we thank you. And Stephanie, thank you for putting in the hours Absolutely. with us. I mean, you. You, you, she, the, the she gets to work in those uh, those post-it notes, and I'm like, I hope they increased your budget for post-it <laughs> notes because all of the stations and everybody else is coming. Hey, Stephanie, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? And then she, she's steadily going. So, thank you so much, Stephanie. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, we'll check in a little later, and and we'll certainly keep giving updates. But Sounds thanks good. for all you do. We yeah. really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Alrighty, thank you. And uh, AJ again, uh, the text to give number. Give, give them the text to give. AJ. Right, I'll so let you do text that. the phrase. Is WTLC. That's WTLC to the number 626262. <laughs> and you will receive a link where you can click that link and become a partner in hope and be a part of this great movement that we have going on for St. Jude. All righty, all righty. And of course, the number 800 31 800 411 9898. I told y'all I needed my glasses. <laughs> That's what I get. 800 411 9898. 800-411-9898. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more Community Connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here with our regional VP and general manager, Dion Levingston. We were telling you earlier in the show uh, about a wonderful event we had last night at the Idlejorg uh, Museum honoring mm-hmm. um, our Black History Month honorees, uh, Melanin Magic 2024. 
And what an amazing group. I don't think we could have picked a better one, Dion. Yeah, I, I am just, I'm really proud of um, what individuals are doing in our community. And I, I just left a meeting downstairs. Um, we're going to launch two different programs, um, really targeting um, our youth and um, mental health awareness and stuff going on in the, in the community. And I've just had two tremendous meetings over the last two days with people doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just singular. We're singularly focused on connecting with people actually doing the work, not people running in front of cameras when the camera comes on and to, to figure out who this is, what organization mm-hmm. is this, what person is this, and and them using I and me involved. It's mm-hmm. really us and we. Um, we had some, we had the largest number of murders of youth Um 2023 um and there are things in our community that we need to address and i don't want to get caught down a hole and talk about Mm -hmm. um this or that but i mean there's a serious homeless problem among our youth in the city um we have some of the biggest um food deserts of any major city in america Mm -hmm. i mean we have some things that we need to address we got a wonderful city And the city of Indianapolis is one of the most special, unique cities you could be in in this Mm -hmm. country, in this world. But we have some things that we have to look inside of. And and we are in a unique position as a cluster and as a station. We are we outreach any media outlet in this in this city. Um, We outreach any individual TV station in this city. Um, We are by far more diverse than any media outlet in the city. Uh, and because of that, I think we need to, not that I think I am 100 percent sure we need to make an in, a lasting impact on our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're working to do. Yeah. So I am we put some people in the room um, that because of what they're doing, um, they're making a lasting impact. And I was just glad that we could be in the room with them. And we can acknowledge what they're doing. Yeah. And you did a great job hosting last night. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? It was fun. And I, I one of the, I, I loved, um, you know, tell, you know, sharing with uh, everyone about the, uh, the honor, our honorees. But I tell you what, there was a, a black cowboy, Ivan McClellan. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Did he tell? He, and he's a young guy, you know. And his story is amazing. And you can go down to Idle Jordan, see his photographs, because mm-hmm. they're now part of the permanent collection. Permanent exhibit, yeah, permanent. And that's a brother. Well, that and is his, a photographer. And his cowboy and story, cowboy. I've heard, because when my son was in Oklahoma for a camp, my son played football before he did the uh-huh. walk and talks. Mm-hmm. He played football for Indiana State. Yeah. And he was part of a he, he got um, a national award, a national camp he went to in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I heard the story about cowboys, Cowboy. all cowboys being black. So yeah. I heard that story. Yeah. And then when he said it, I was like, um, yeah. wow, I remember hearing this story in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. how um, that when you say black cowboys, it's, it's almost a, a smack in the face to someone. Well, it's redundant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. the word cowboys, they were originally black. Well, so, it, they were black, and the word came about as uh, the the masters and the owners would yeah. say, "Get that cowboy." Yeah, get that cow. And then he was saying when uh, it was uh, the white uh, workers 
get that cattle. You, you men get that cattle, and they were cattle men. They yeah. became cattle yeah. men, and all of the blacks were cowboys. So yeah. to say black cowboy is like saying, you know, it was a smack in the face yeah. to to people. And I, I I did not hear that till I heard it in Oklahoma when he was in that camp years wow. ago, and it kind of wow. flashed. I'd never mm-hmm. heard that. I'd never heard that. So, uh, but Dion, we uh, we had a heck of a list. Uh, we, had a, we had an amazing list, and um, and I I don't want it was ten individuals, and I don't want to single out or call out any, but I mean, and Tina, you can run through mm-hmm. all of them, but there are unique things about each one of them. Uh-huh. I mean, we honored um, Kendall um, Adams, um, Deputy Chief, um, for what he does, but people don't realize all the stuff Kendall does with 100 Black Men and so many other organizations. Yeah. Um, we honored Cami uh, Wright and Care Source. Um, as their lead physician, but um, people don't know all the things that CareSource does outside um, as far as impacting the community that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, we honored um, Kim and Eskenazi, and, um, and there's so many community partnerships that Eskenazi does through us oh, yeah. and other organizations that impact our community. Um, we uh, we honored VOP and um, and what VOP does as a chair mm-hmm. of the um, city county council. Yeah. But people don't realize all the things VOP does as a boy from Hallville. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, real talk. Yeah. Um, that impact the city. Um, we all we honored James Webb, um, who had an idea for Juneteenth, Juneteenth. and has grown this into a celebration that fifteen thousand people come out for Juneteenth now. Um, to celebrate, and I would love to put the the, um, the individual had the exhibit, um, and hopefully him and because he talked about taking his black rodeo that he, he, he did. owns two rodeos. I would love to see that rodeo, and, and now James, I'm just starting stuff. I'd love to see that rodeo <laughs> part of of Juneteenth at some point, and hopefully we can make a connection. Oh yeah, that yeah. they could talk because about there that. are there is a group of black cowboys here in Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah, because the there's a strong group of black cowboys in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we honored James. We honored um, Sean, um, Dr. Hostin, and, and Mark University. And all of the proactive um, things that he's doing um, in that area code um, through Martin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't hold his cappiness against him when we honored him. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> nothing I can say about we that. are, and those are people who are doing the work. Doing the work. They're doing the work. Um, Fred Payne was doing the work um, mm-hmm. through COVID. We did so many things talking about resources in Fred's other job uh-huh. in COVID. If you remember, before he became the United um, Way uh, United CEO. Way CEO. Uh-huh. So. They're just individuals that, and I'm sure I miss people. Um, we honor Jerry, who um, um, Jerry Wade and all the things Jerry did. Um, um, it, Jerry was one of the people who was the first to volunteer for anything involved in the community. Never asked how much I'm getting paid, what the hours are, whatever else. And that's why you saw Jerry host so many things when he was on the air. And, and people probably didn't realize a lot of things Jerry was hosting it was because he was giving back to the community and he wasn't getting compensated for. Mm-hmm. Um, God, did I miss anybody? Because I'm just doing them off the top of my head right now uh, as far as people that we honored last night um, and the things that they do um, in the community and that they continue to do in the community. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, Kim, Dr. Kim over at uh, Eskenazi. Um, 
Uh, Fred Payne, yeah, you got him. Uh, Ken Dale, I think you got them all, Dion, just about. I, I don't think he, uh, Cammie Wright, yep, I don't think you missed anybody. Um, I, I, for some reason, Bob, I'm thinking I missed somebody. Uh, Judy, I, Judy, Judy, Judy. I missed Judy. I think I missed two. I think I missed somebody else. Judith Thomas, and uh, there is one more. Uh, so Judy, um, Judy's always been um, back to the convention center. Um, Judy was one of the one of the one of the, I mean Judy was jumping up and down talking about we got to get more conventions mm-hmm. um, that target and feature African Americans and the different um, mm-hmm. and different African American organizations in the city when she was at the convention center mm-hmm. before she became um, and then there's other stops in between that mm-hmm. uh, but Judy's been doing the work yeah for. A minute, a long time, you know, yeah, yeah. for a minute. Who yeah. I miss one. Carmen more. Davenport, oh Black my Dalla. god, oh Black my Dalla. god, yeah. And um, and the impact and what it means and how we need to do that. Yes. And I, and Carmen, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that it was somebody. We weren't going to leave her out. We and, y'all, leave and y'all, I did it off the top of my head, so it wasn't that you were slighted. I just was just rolling through yeah. people at the top of my head. Yeah. But I am just excited that we could honor those individuals doing the work. Okay, so Tina, I'm going to leave you with a homework assignment before I get out of here. Um, uh, so we can, Dion. They don't give homework. I know. <laughs> so during the month of March, I would like for you mm-hmm. to honor um, a different female-owned business. We do our black mm-hmm. business stuff um, 365 days. Um, we're going to change that around, too, because mm-hmm. we started honoring black businesses before Radio 1 as a group did, if you remember. Mm-hmm. We did it because um, we did it before COVID, and then during COVID, we mm-hmm. kept doing it. Mm-hmm. And now our company does it. And I really don't like the way the company does it because we run a 20, 25-second promo mm-hmm. talking about us that we could actually use talking about the business. But I'm going to leave that alone. Um, <laughs> but um, that, would be, that would be a pleasure. Yeah. To so feature a I would love to uh, feature owned. one black um, female-owned business, business yeah. throughout the month of March. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That, Every day, if we there's, we have no, a ton. No, you know, March has already started though. So, so, I, I'm so today we're going to talk <laughs> about our own. You're not behind. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about our own um, today because I thought about this because I knew you were going to say it. Today is March. I'm moving behind, so I was ready. <laughs> okay. Um, um, Kathy Hughes. Kathy Hughes. Who yes. founded Radio mm-hmm. One? Yes. And who will tell you that um, she slept in her very first radio station, WOL. Um, and with Alfred, her son, who's now our CEO, mm-hmm. um, as she launched uh, our stations. And she now is um, the largest black-owned media uh, group in the country, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe in the world. I, 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 we'd have to look at that. But uh, And it started with a station in D.C., WOL, that she will tell you that she slept in her station to get it off and going before. And now um, we own Interactive One. Um, one of the largest uh, with 85 websites and some of the largest digital footprint targeting African-Americans in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, We own Reach Media, which is when you hear syndication, you hear the gospel shows, whether it's Darlene or whether it's Erica, the other shows um, on our air, Um, whether you hear Ricky Smiley or you hear DL on our other airs and you hear some Mm -hmm. of the other shows, they are all owned by Reach Media, which is owned by Urban One, which is the parent company of Radio One. Um, we own TV One and our um, and our two cable stations that you're going to hear um, throughout, and then we own um, the radio stations uh, throughout 13 different markets around this country. And we've expanded our reach as we've done in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Charlotte, and Houston, 
not only to be urban stations, but to be several general market stations now. So, um, and that and fe- that um, really impressive footprint started from one woman in a vision uh, that came and, and she was the uh, general manager of my alma mater, WHUR Howard University. And she grew from that to other positions to then owning her station, um, which uh, is where we are lucky enough to be standing in uh, and on the air of stations owned by Kathy Hughes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic story. It's an amazing story. Brilliant woman, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you have to have that vision. You have to have that vision. And I'm going to ask for a little help with my homework uh, because um, I would like to have help. And well, so uh, <laughs> let me give you my email. I'm going to give everybody my email. And I want, you know, our listeners to give me suggestions. That's, what, that's it. As to some female-owned black businesses to uh, feature throughout this coming month. Uh, my email is tcosby at radio dash one, and one is spelled O N E dot com. tcosby at radio dash one, O N E dot com. I would love to have your suggestions as to who should be featured, uh, who would be a good feature uh, for a, a black owned, uh, a female, black owned African American business that we could talk to and talk about here on Community Connection throughout the rest of this month. I know that there are a lot of them out there. There may be some that we're not even aware of. There, mm-hmm. I know there have to be some that we're not I'm even aware of. I'm amazed, and Tina, you know I say this every mm-hmm. year, and I shouldn't say amazed because that sounds wrong, but we have in the city of Indianapolis the most mm-hmm. female-run, female-owned mm. businesses whether the people are CEOs, COOs, business mm-hmm. owners, mm-hmm. small businesses, large businesses. Small, medium, large, it matters not. It is not. so impressive. As long as it's female, female-owned, African-American. Every year mm-hmm. when we honor Women for Women's History Month, I say this, I come in here, mm-hmm. we end up with 10 women, and there's thousands more we could honor yes. in the city of Indianapolis because there are so many ladies in the city doing so many dynamic things. Mm-hmm. So many sisters are doing it for themselves. Sisters are doing it in this city. Yes, indeedy. And I, I can't wait to start getting the emails. Give us uh, if you want to call in and let me know. You know that's fine too. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. But we're we're going to be off the air shortly. So if you're thinking about it over the weekend, email me. Uh, T Cosby at radio dash one dot com. T Cosby at radio dash o n e dot com. Or you can call it in three one seven nine seven two. Three zero zero eight is our number, and I look forward to. I look forward to hearing the stories. I look forward to, uh, you know, to meeting some folks. Uh, th- it's it's going to be good. Should be good. I want to thank uh, before I get out here. I want to thank IPS. We had two sponsors last night. IPS and uh, of course the Idol George. Yeah, IPS and Idol George because, and people don't realize this. Without those sponsors, we can't do the things we do. Mm-hmm. Um, they allow us. Um, a lot of those sponsorships go to our hard costs. <laughs> And um, as we talk Somebody about business Somebody may not understand owners, what a hard cost yeah, is. I'll, I'll go down the slippery slope as we talk about business owners and business. Um, we have hard costs to do events um, that cost money. Uh, when you eat, when you drink, when you do other things, when you're on location, mm-hmm. when you have um, sound, when you have all the things that go into doing an event or putting on something, there are hard costs. Mm-hmm. People expect to get paid to do that. 
and without partners like the Idol George and partners like um, IPS, mm-hmm. we cannot do that because those things ha- help offset the cost yeah. of doing yeah, events absolutely. like that in the community. So um, um, uh, to Alicia and IPS mm-hmm. um, and to the Idol George, thank you so much for doing that um, and allowing us to do that. And we have partners. I mean, IPS, they helped us do um, Black Santa. Um, They help us do so many things in the Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And one of the projects that I met on yesterday is tied into one of the IPS schools. So um, as far as us giving back to the people, because I'm very big, if y'all didn't realize it yet, I'm very big on giving back to the people that come alongside of us and making sure we can support their interests and um, what they're hoping to accomplish as much as possible. That's what is involved in a partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, It may seem rather elementary, but far too often people think a partnership is one way (laughs) and it's the way that I'm going. And a partnership is two ways. It's the way that I'm going and it's the way that you're going. And, um, And we look forward to the opportunity to come alongside of some of those people who partner with us and who help us do what we do to help them do what they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Women's History Month is is all all of the month. You know, every month is an exciting time, an exciting opportunity to shine a spotlight on something. Yep. Yep. You know, and so, you know, coming out of Black History Month, we had an extra day. We had an extra day to honor honor your people. Honor honor my people, my people, my people. I loved it. And, uh, you know, Women's History Month, March is a long month. So uh, that's going to be great, too. Uh, I think. Uh huh. Let's see. Who do we have here? Cheryl Boyd, she's she's here for our open lines comment. Oh, okay, go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead. Tina, I just wanted to let the community know about a Social Security and Medicare seminar that is going on tomorrow at Eastern Star Church to help folks to know how to plan for retirement, spouse, survivor, disability benefits. So mm-hmm. thanks for fitting me in during the open line time, but wanted to let folks know it's happening tomorrow at 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the main campus of Eastern Star Church at 5750 East 30th Street. Okay. All righty. Well, and thank what, you. And what, what is that? Can you give more it. details? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm the public affairs specialist with Social Security, and so my job is to explain about how the benefits work. Many times, you know, all of us, we work and pay into the program, but many times we don't know how it works until we're there applying for it. So that's whether you're planning for retirement or spouse benefits or let's say if um, disability has happened to your family or death has happened in your family, understanding the benefits that you've worked and earned and paid into is so important. And it's important to know it beforehand instead of when you're right at that point needing the benefits. So we'll be going over the details of Social Security and I'm bringing in the state agency um, to talk about Medicare. So it's an excellent planning event. I wanna give uh, kudos to uh, Sean Bullock, the stewardship coordinator over at Eastern Star Church for allowing us to have this under their uh, Financial Freedom Institute. So um, mm. it's interesting. I'm actually going through the Financial Freedom Institute at Eastern Star oh, right now. You? I'm like in week five. Really? Uh, oh, Good yeah, yeah, you. yeah. You miss a week, you don't count. So I got to be there for the rest of the time because I missed the weekend at All-Star because <laughs> I was so tired on that Sunday morning I slept through. So um, so um, I'm, I'm in week five now. And what I'm learning, I've always had a bad relationship with money, right? Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm not kidding you. And people assume I have a good relationship with money because I'm good with other people's money. Okay. Right? 
And, and that's um, not uncommon. That's yeah, right. and um, and and I have to. I mean, my grandfather put numerous individuals, my aunts and uncles, through college on an eighth grade education, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was with a colleague one time. And he made a comment: "Oh, you buy low and sell high, just like your grandfather taught you." And I, I was put back a little bit because I was like, my grandfather didn't teach me that. My grandfather was too busy working as a security guard and other jobs Mm -hmm. to put his kids through college so they would have a better life than he had, right? Mm -hmm. So my education, and this is nothing, because these are things that I wish I taught my kids better, right? My education with who you paid was, and you know, Tina, you come from afar, so you're probably far different than me. My education so, okay, was tongue in cheek there. Okay. My education was you pay people that can cut stuff off first. You pay people to mess your credit up second, and anybody who's not in category one and two get paid when you have some money. Well, it's similar to what I was always taught: that make sure your house and your car are paid for first. Everything else is negotiable. So <laughs> that's yeah. what I was always told. So this thought of this relationship mm. with money now, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and now me in my fifties. I'm trying to teach my kids in their 20s this. I'm not doing as good a job as I would like to, right? Yeah, same here. Um, but I wish I had that. Un- if I'd have had that understanding in my 20s, I would not be sitting in here right now. I'd be sitting on a beach in Costa Rica. And I'd be tuning you in going, go, Tina. Go, Tina. <laughs> but um, And it's trying to teach that relationship in our community as a whole Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. that understanding. And now it's interesting on our staff because we have people moving toward that age of retirement, right? Mm -hmm. And not only did we not understand the relationship in the beginning of the process with money, a lot of us still don't understand that relationship at the end of the process. As we talk about Medicare, as we talk about Social Security, as we talk about how much money we need on the average amount of <laughs> us being alive, as whether we talk about whether we take our benefits at 62, whether we take them at 67, whether yes. those are the things that we unfortunately are still learning on the backside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And your point is so important because mm-hmm. this seminar is not just for seniors. It's not just for the senior saints ministry. This is for folks who are 50. These are folks that, you know, are planning before they're, you know, making those decisions so that you can strategize so you can know what are your options. If mm-hmm. you delay, what will that increase be? So, again, um, encouraging uh, the community to come out tomorrow, 10 a.m., Eastern Star Church, main location, Get a better understanding about your Social Security benefits. You're working. You're paying into it. Understand how it's there for you. Wow. And, and the, the, the basic things, right, as we talk about this, the basic things that make your eye-opening. The very first day of, um, of the Institute of Eastern Star, they talk about using cash instead of credit cards, right? So, and I'm not one to use cash like that, right? So now I use a debit card. And the cash I have, it's painful. I was gonna <laughs> when say when you pull cash and a credit card out for I'm and I'm five weeks in now. It is, and my wife goes, "You keep saying that because it's painful every single time." <laughs> I, I, you, if you want to feel the pain, pull, try paying everything with cash. 
and it, it, it just and it, even a it, debit mm-hmm. card because my debit card because I got um, hacked a couple times you got to put my pin in mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. locked down for everything so I have to write I still have to pin in afterwards right mm-hmm. and when I'm pinning in it's like I'm taking money out of the ATM machine when yeah. I'm pinning in that's how I have mine set up too I got hacked you yeah. know yeah. and and um and basic things like actually making a budget and actually keeping track of what and how I'm spending stuff. That's something else that smacks you across the face when you start keeping track of where your money is going. Mm -hmm. I mean, and also making an asset and liability of what, I mean, these are simple things that people go, oh, it was an elementary class. Okay, it's elementary, but are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm doing it, and I think I think I'm ahead of the curve with most people with money, mm-hmm. but I'm nowhere near where I want to be with money. And now these eye-opening things that I look at, Tina, I'm starting to think about. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's it's like putting yourself on a financial diet of of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's changing your whole orientation to to how you see things and whatever. And I I was taught quite well by my grandfather who had a business. In fact, I worked until I was in college at his business. I was a secretary and he taught me a whole lot. He showed me a whole lot. I just wasn't always mature enough to be able to receive it and and take it into account. But he was very, uh, very pragmatic, very slow, very yeah. painstaking. And he told me every single thing uh, about how to do and, and what to do. I mean, I, I didn't always listen. I think I listened a little bit better than than not, but I there's a whole lot of stuff I wish I could go back and do over again. Oh my goodness! Whole whole lot oh my of stuff. Goodness. So yeah. Pastor Johnson preached this ser- this sermon oh, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and the sermon was about somebody who fell asleep because <laughs> they were in the church, but they're in the window seal, right? Mm-hmm. So he said, "You're in the church, so you could get buried in the church, mm-hmm. and you could do everything else in the church, but you ain't really in the church, right?" But you're in the church mm-hmm. for everybody following what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you attend church, but you're in the last row. You're in the window seal. You're on your phone. You're doing other stuff. And I realized he was preaching to me, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> so um, because my walk wasn't the walk it was before and because of other things in my life and things that uh, you think about what you did and what you regret and what you – and I'm like, so I said that, I'm going to get involved. Mm. I'm going to do the things that I have not done. So I went from the last row of the church to now I sit in the first 10 rows of the church. Oh, you sit in the center's pew. I sit in the first 10 <laughs> rows of the church. For anybody wondering, I changed the side of the church I sit in, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, it, Middle yeah. switch. Yeah, that's so true. So I used to always true. come in for 20 years. I sat on the left side of the church going all the way back to when we were in a um, – in an elementary school before we built the new church, right? Mm-hmm. I now sit on the right side of the church in the first 10 rows. I mean, this is middle, y'all. I'm trying to, you know it what I'm is, saying? It is. It is. I'm taking the financial institute because I realized I was in the church, but I wasn't in the church. Now, this is somebody I come here to talk about. My grandfather was an elder and a deacon. I remember growing up putting the chairs away. When I when I went to church on Sunday, we got there before Sunday school started and put the chairs down for everybody else. Then we got the chairs up afterwards and stuff. So I'm someone who grew up in the church, but in some way lost his way in the church. Yeah. Lost his way in what he did in the church. Lost his way with some of the actions that he did, some of the things he did, right? And, and, and I don't think I'm different than most people. So, well, I would hope that 
I hope that I am different than a lot of people's walk stay strong the whole way. But that sermon just hit me upside the head in a way that, so now, like I said, I'm five weeks in the, and, and I'll be there on Saturday, so. Good. That's good. I mean, that that's absolutely great, Dion. Um, and um, uh, so, Ms. Boyd, uh, again, thank you for, for calling in and reminding us uh, of that. And uh, Dion has sorted out a lot of stuff for us. Uh, and, uh, His testimony is amazing. Testimony he is, is I know amazing. He has yeah. encouraged so many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but but you know what, church, I, I don't beat yourself up too badly because no, I should it, beat myself up badly. Well, but I mean, I should beat myself up badly, but that's me and my walk, right? Yeah, but and, the walk, the Christian walk, is one of the hardest things in the world to do, if you think about it. And I, I don't want to get too deep into whatever. Not to say that that you shouldn't, uh, because I I beat myself up about it a lot too. But when you think about it. There, there's a lot to, somebody was saying being a Christian is harder than not being a Christian in, in so many different ways because of what it entails. Now, once you accept it and, and, and put it and incorporate it into your life, it, you know, it's like anything else. It becomes hand in glove, but getting it going. And, you know, we have, we have a lot of, a lot of different factors that, that, that figure in to being able to complete and to, to get in step with that walk. Well, the I can only talk about me, right? Okay, I get and, it. And, I get um, it. I'm just and saying. I think success sometimes breeds you to start to think about that you did it. What you okay, did it I all. see what you're saying. You know what okay. I'm saying? And that no, you don't and, do it by and, yourself. And for me, um, I realized that my wife was my Joshua, right? Yeah. And she was my Joshua through some of the hardest, toughest times yes. in my life. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate it. Right. OK. Gotcha. And I also realized that I accomplished where I'm at and what I do through faith mm-hmm. and through that hand guiding me behind. Right. Um, and I wish I would have known and appreciated that at all mm-hmm. times because it would have yeah. guided my actions yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. I also realized that it's easy I shouldn't say this because it's going to come out the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's easier for your walk when you broke. And people laugh when I say this because when, you, when you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet and you talk about tithing no, 10%, you broke anyway. Giving up that 10% don't do nothing because you wouldn't go pay all your bills anyway. And, and as you get a little bit more success, you're like, whoa, that 10% a little bit now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's just having that relationship yeah. to know that that's God's money. Yeah. And without that blessing, you wouldn't have that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just the, that, a little that, humility does not hurt. Yeah, shoot. You say shoot. Yeah, indeedy, indeedy. Hey, we are out of time. AJ's about to play the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dion, thank you so much. And uh, again, my email, tcosby at radio onecom tcosby at radio onecom Call me. Let me know about an African American female owned business that we can feature and highlight on this show. Throughout this month, I will take any and all emails. I'll take any and all suggestions. Uh, Dion, anything else you want to end with before we have to go? No, I'm just glad that we can honor the 10 individuals that we honored and um, and look forward to honoring um, some amazing women throughout the month of March. Indeed, indeed. We will see you again on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. And be sure to donate to St. Jude this weekend.